as we uh, watch that, we can recognize how silly that is and how children treat one another that way. Uh, but we also realize that we have been like that, uh, maybe even today. Uh, why is it that we can be given so much and yet be so selfish? little guy has that uh, opportunity to steer that wheel, and uh, there were some other videos I noticed that, uh, that involved popsicles. You know, you give uh, a room full of kids popsicles, and, uh, or you don't give them to everybody, you just give them to a few, um, mayhem will break out uh, if, if not everyone gets one. And uh, the same thing is true with us. We are uh, those who are given much, and uh, we don't always share it with others. And as we've heard in our scripture readings this morning, selfishness is a problem, isn't it? And that's really nothing I need to declare. It's something that you know very well, something I know very well, because it's a problem in our own lives. Jonah certainly struggled with it. And don't you love the story of Jonah? Uh, this year, we don't get the whole reading uh, that, that goes through, through the whole book of Jonah, but I encourage you to read it. Uh, it's a short read, but it is a powerful read, and uh, chances are you are familiar with the story, at least the part about the big fish, or we like to think of it as a whale. Uh, and you, you know about that part, but you may not know about what you heard today at the end of Jonah. But Jonah certainly struggled with selfishness, and so did the people around Jesus as Jesus was telling this story. In fact, I think that's why he chose to tell this particular story about the workers who begin early in the day and those who come at the end of the day and some of the grumbling that goes on and, again, the selfishness. So we understand this as a problem and maybe the problem isn't so much with sharing as it is with us not understanding God's grace. I don't think we get it sometimes. Jonah's story is one of grace, and it begins with God calling him to go to Nineveh. And he was to go to Nineveh to warn uh, the people there that God is going to destroy them unless they repent from their wicked, wickedness and their injustice. Uh, God noticed the way that they were treating one another, or rather mistreating one another, the ways that they would uh, have... Uh, fraudulent practices, or the ways that they would oppress particular people in their city. And Jonah, being a, a Hebrew, uh, is not one who cares much for the people in Nineveh. Not because he's Hebrew, but uh, he, it, that's not his nation. And he is not concerned as God is concerned with them. And so God calls Jonah to go and to deliver this message. And so Jonah hears God, but he wants nothing to do with this mission that he's been given. Have you ever been like that? God calls you to do something, and you recognize, okay, that was God. God was speaking to me, but I want nothing to do with it. I don't believe in that, and I don't want to do it. And so he knows of God's grace and that God might actually relent from His punishment if the people in Nineveh end up listening and they repent. So he, he knows a lot about God. He's experienced this grace. But he wants to see Nineveh burn 
Have you ever felt that way about somebody you don't care about? He wants to see Nineveh burn in the wrath of God, the likes of which this world has never seen. Okay, he didn't say that part, but sure sounds familiar, doesn't it? As we've heard about North Korea. But Jonah sees God's grace as weakness. He sees God's mercy as uh, something that is very unfair. It is, it is uh, very much a weakness that God has. For Jonah, it wouldn't be fair for God to let those Ninevites off the hook. It's disappointing for us to see Jonah react in this way. I mean, after all, who is he to question God's fairness? Or to question God's grace? Didn't God spare him from certain death by causing that big fish to spit him out? I mean, just uh, as you look at, at the different events in this small book of Jonah you'll see how God was graceful to him over and over again. And we see that even at the beginning, he is aware of God's grace. He experienced it in his own life and among his own people, this grace of God. And what about the second chance that God gave him to go to Nineveh? The first time he runs from God. By the way, Tarshish is the complete opposite direction from Nineveh. And so he not only says, no, God, I'm not going to do it, but he goes the opposite direction. And uh, it's much like every other sin that we've seen in the Bible, uh, beginning with Adam and Eve, and uh, this whole idea of going a different direction than what God wants. And this is what Jonah does. He goes the other direction. And so God gives him a second chance after he... Uh, allows him to spend some time in the belly of that big fish. He uh, gives him another chance to do his plans. And uh, also, God even causes a plant to grow up over Jonah's head uh, to give him shade. This is the bizarre part of uh, Jonah, as you look at the end of it. After he goes through the city, he marches up and down the streets, and he keeps calling people to repent. And of course, they do. They listen and they turn from their evil ways and they take the clothing of repentance and put it on. Uh, They put ashes all over themselves. These are people that are not not a part of Jonah's religion. But they sense that what he is saying is about to happen. And so they turn and they believe in God. And they even take their animals. It's this kind of a cosmic repentance. They take their animals and every living thing in their city and make sure that they are marked in ashes and repentance as well. And after all of this, Jonah is tired, not only tired physically, he's tired of seeing these people get the grace of God. He climbs up to a a high spot and he's out there in the scorching heat and God looks at him and decides, well, I'm, I'm going to mess with him a little bit. <laughs> uh, and he allows this plant to grow up over his head, give him shade, and then he allows the plant, he, he kills the plant, and uh, has a little word with Jonah uh, about all that. But even in the midst of that, we see, in, in the midst of, of all this complaining about God's grace, we see God's grace extending to Jonah. And Jonah is either someone who receives it, and and takes it for granted, or he is someone 
who benefits from it in every way, but is unwilling to share it with other people. Before we're too hard on Jonah, we need to ask ourselves, are are we Jonah? Is there some way that we are much like Jonah? And I would say we are. We are Jonah when we neglect to see the abundance of God's grace in our own lives. We may not have been in the belly of a fish, but I'm pretty sure all of us have been swallowed up into something that we think we'll never get out of. Maybe that's where you are right now, or maybe you have uh, a memory of that at some point in your life, and you, you know what that feels like, and you know what it feels like to have God's comfort and grace come to you during that time. Like the atheist soldier who prays for and finds God's grace while penned in a foxhole. We cry out for God's grace and we receive it when we are deep inside the belly of our need. But then what happens? But when God does save us, we can almost immediately forget about that grace. uh, The grace that met us there in the midst of our need and sustained us until we got out of it. We just forget it. When we neglect to see God's grace in our lives, it It doesn't take long for us to go negative, does it? We really start to get negative about our own lives. We get negative with other people. We get a negative outlook on the world. We get bitter. And we even resent how good God is in someone else's life. Maybe that's happened to you in the testimonies of praise time when someone is saying, I got an apartment. Or God has done this for me. And you're thinking... Well, God hasn't done anything for me lately. I'm, I'm having all kinds of problems and it doesn't seem like God is listening to me. And so we begin to resent what God is doing in someone else's life. And that is a great description of how Jonah was as he looked around at what God was doing in the lives of these Ninevites. And we resent and get bitter. Well, one reason that I love the fall season is the emphasis on Thanksgiving. Uh, as, as we get closer to Thanksgiving Day, we start hearing more about Thanksgiving, and uh, we begin to, uh, to think about what God has done in our lives. And it is a time for us to count our many blessings. And we shouldn't just wait until Thanksgiving to do that. We really ought to do it every day, in every season, lest we start taking God for granted. And we must take stock of the bounty of grace that God has given to us. I think that's where Jonah began to lose it. Maybe it wasn't a regular practice in his day to think about, well, you know, maybe I should just shut up because this is what God has done for me today. And this is what He did for me yesterday. And to begin to list all of the many ways that God had blessed him. We are Jonah when we harbor prejudice against people that we don't think should receive God's grace. Like Jonah, not thinking the people of Nineveh were worthy of God's grace, we can have that same view toward other people. It may be a racial thing for us, just as it was not so long ago when white people did not think black people 
or Native Americans deserved God's grace. It could be a religious thing, thinking that people of religions different than our own, much like Jonah and the people who had other religions and other nations, we begin to think that uh, they should not benefit from God's grace. It may be a nationalistic thing, believing that people who are not Americans should not benefit from God's grace. His grace for strangers or people who are on the outside of our nation. Or it may be a jail thing, believing that people who are in prison or who have been in prison and done their time are still not worthy of God's grace and forgiveness. Isn't that how we treat felons? We call them ex-felons, and we treat them as though they could never uh, be able to hold down a job or be trusted to have a job. And it's a sad situation, and it is one that we see and deal with here on a daily basis at Church for the Highlands. But there's hope. There is hope. And we're finding that. But if, if that is us, and if that's how we view God's grace, what God says to Jonah is what God says to us. And it goes something like this. Where did you get that idea, Jonah? That's not what I believe about the world. That's certainly not how I have thought about you, Jonah, when you were running from me and going the other direction and trying to take your life and your world in your own hands. That's not what my grace is all about. And what God wants us to know is that grace is not for us to keep and to manage. God doesn't need you to manage His grace. But it is to be freely distributed to the people around us each and every day. Uh, as uh, we've, we've heard before, that uh, we are not um, in management, we're in sales, right? Um, God says, you just worry about that end of it. You, you take care of getting it out there, and I will manage who gets it and who doesn't. And by the way, I want everybody to get it. So get busy. God says to us. Well, we are Jonah when we do not share God's grace with other people. And I don't think our unwillingness to share is because we don't think God has enough grace for everyone. No, I think it is more that we don't think other people deserve God's grace as much as we do. Or it could be that we failed to see how much like them we have been before or now could be in this present time or maybe in the future. And I'm thinking we can all identify with the workers that were in the story as Bill read that parable of Jesus to us uh, that comes from Matthew's Gospel. We've been working for God all day long. And who are these people to get paid the same amount when they did far less, when they showed up at the end of the day? What kind of an employer does that? What kind of a God gives as much grace to someone who just on their deathbed turns from their sins and and believes in God and receives God's grace than someone who's been in Sunday school and church and in God's work all their lives? God, that's not fair. 
I'm afraid that's our attitude toward other people at times. Jesus knows exactly what He's doing as He tells this story to the Pharisees and to the other people of His religion that are gathered around Him as they are judging other people and pointing out the sins of other people and saying that God just isn't fair. We see God as being unfair to us and way too generous to other people. And so we question God's grace and wonder if at all God knows what God is doing. I mean, wouldn't it be better if we saw people as God sees them and extended the same kind of radical grace to them that we see Jesus extending to people? I mean, everywhere Jesus goes, He is extending God's grace even as He goes to the cross. And He asks God to forgive these people. They have no idea what they're doing. That's the kind of grace that God has. And our job is not to question God's grace for other people, but to be so busy out sharing it with them that all we can do is rejoice as they discover it and as they benefit from its life-changing impact. Well, the video that we saw earlier shows what happens when we humans get something that we don't want anyone else to have. We just push them out of the way. Imagine what it would look like to see the kid who uh, was sharing, uh, uh, or who was not sharing with the other one, invite him over and put his hands on the wheel. Or maybe they both do that together and they're sharing and they're participating in what they have before them. Grace freely received and generously shared. That's what that would look like. Imagine what that could look like in our world today. Let's pray.